You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. you're listening to this or watching this my name is Joyce Duriga I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic newspaper and this is beyond the headlines where we take a closer look and at the um, news making the headlines in the Chicago Catholic and also the people behind the news and today we have as our special guest sister Donna Liette she's the family forward program director at precious blood ministry of reconciliation in back of the yards and today we're talking about the homicide prayer vigils that she helped um, bring about in Chicago, where a group of women religious and lay supporters gather once the last Saturday of the month, um, every month at a site where there was a homicide in Chicago to pray for the victims of gun violence, but also the families and the friends and everybody affected by gun violence. So welcome, Sister Donna. Thank you. It's good to be here and to tell this story. So let's just Jump right in. So can you tell me how you came about putting these together and your experience with them in Dayton before you came to Chicago and kind of the whole purpose? I think that um, this came to be about 25 years ago when uh, two of our older sisters um, were listening to the news. And one of them said, isn't this terrible? And the other sister said, what's really terrible about this is that we're not doing anything about it. And so they got a group of sisters together and said, you know, we as precious blood sisters need to be where blood is being spilled out on our streets. And so they made a plan and they got the flyers ready and they began to say, let's um, every week, if there is a homicide, and we hope there won't be, but every week, every week where there is a homicide in Dayton, Ohio, we will go to that site and we will gather persons around uh, to pray at that site to just say, let not this blood be shed in vain. And so it began to start out small, but it got bigger and bigger as Precious Blood Sisters, other sisters in the community, Precious Blood Priest, Precious Blood Brothers, uh, our friends, our communities, our churches began to gather at the site. And then families started coming and neighbors started coming. And so it began to be a rather large gathering of persons almost every week. Of, and then we would pray for all of those persons whose lives had been harmed or people, especially the families who needed our prayer. So it was a very short time, about a half an hour prayer service. And then we would go back and remember those persons throughout the month. And you started it here in about 2018, right? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so then... Um, there were two sisters at CTU, Catholic Theological Union, that um, uh, had a field experience and they were working here at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation and they wanted a project. And so we had been talking about this uh, for really years, uh, of what we should do about all the bloodshed that's being done and poured out here in the city of Chicago. And so these two sisters, one a Precious Blood sister and one a Presentation sister, 
um, worked out a plan. So very different from Dayton, Ohio, we have not only one homicide right. a week, but we have many homicides uh, a month, unfortunately. And so we began then, as in Dayton, Ohio, we began to gather on the street corners where blood had been poured out. And Father Kelly and myself pick out the site um, where we will be that month. And then uh, it's put out <clears throat> on the email to all the sisters and our friends and whatever, whomever, um, uh, sees the message and it is growing quite a bit. So what we do at the prayer service, we gather, we try to invite uh, the family members if we know them, and we go to that site. We have a formal prayer that we pray every month. And we also read the names of every person whose lives have been taken during that month. And we read them with great honor and with great uh, feeling of hope for that family and for healing. It was pretty moving and letting people, listeners and um, viewers know we, our photographer and I went for the July 30th prayer service. And let me read the name. We went down, it was down at 600 East 40th Street down in the Bronzeville neighborhood. And Isaiah McCullough IV was the victim. He was only 14 at the time he was killed. And his, um, it was moving. His grandmother came. His sister came, his grandmother shared some um, brief memories of him and um, just super powerful. And you, you were saying in the interview that um, sometimes it's in a more public place. This was kind of off the, the beaten path, but that people will come up to you and ask what you're doing and maybe they know the, um, the victim. And can you share some of those experiences you've had? Uh, yes. Um, sometime as we're praying, cars will pass by and just blow the horn. Uh, and we feel that's in support of what we're doing because we do have a sign up of uniting uh, for prayer. Um, also, sometimes people come out of their houses and then we go to the homes or we see them coming down the steps of their home or whatever, and we invite them in. And sometimes they'll just come and gather uh, just hearing our prayer and hearing our singing. Sometimes we have songs and uh, they'll say, thank you for coming. And we knew this person. We live in fear. We wish that this gun violence would disappear from our lives. We hate that we have to live like this in fear for our children and for each other. And so they're very thankful that we gather there. So yeah, people come from different places and blow their horns or we feel it's a great support and saying, yes, we do not want any more bloodshed in our city. Amen. And we were talking a little bit before we uh, started recording about, and it's, we talked about this in the story, you shared some comments. You know, um, we can get into what you do and all the great work at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation down in back of the yards, but you had mentioned that you feel that there's a need to also recognize the, the other victims that come, maybe the people who are paralyzed, you said, and maybe who have mental illness now because of the trauma of a shooting and the, the family members and how they're all affected. So if you want to talk about that. Yes, that's really um, come uh, much more strongly to me in the past year or so um, because I know that we really, um, you know, reach out to those families who's lost their sons or their daughters or their fathers or whomever to gun violence 
But more and more as mothers and families come to us here at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation, there's the call to reach out also to us because we have a son now paralyzed. We have a son now that has a permanent colostomy. We now have a daughter who is just fearful of ever stepping outside again because she's been so traumatized by being shot at. And so um, I'm beginning to realize that families need also a time to um, have prayer and healing for those family members who have also been harmed. Their lives have not been taken, but in a way they also are, uh, their lives have definitely been drastically changed. And not only their lives, but the whole family. We have one mother now whose son was shot and paralyzed. And because at their home, they have steps. So he cannot uh, go upstairs, up the steps, of course. And um, so he has to come into a basement door. So he has to be in the basement of their home. So the mother had to move down into the basement also to care for him. And so, uh, and then as her second son gets shot, and now he has a permanent colostomy. And so when you walk into a home like that, where this mother is working two jobs to try to maintain life and food and pay bills, and then come home and take care of two children who have been seriously harmed by gun violence, I'm telling you, it breaks your heart. And I think it's something that um, we don't talk about as much. You know, you hear the, and you get a little, I think people can get a little numb. They see the news, another person shot, eight shot over the weekend, you know, five killed or whatever. And we we just don't know that, or don't think about the the ripple effect of the trauma of, of the violence. Yes, and I think, you know, when we read, you can become kind of numb to it. And I even pray myself that I never become numb to yeah. this terrible tragedies of families. But, um, you know, I think when you really see it and have a name attached to it, and when you see in the paper, maybe seven persons have been killed in Chicago over the weekend. But then you see also that maybe 46 or more persons have been, you know, harmed by the gun violence and are damaged or in hospitalization and are critical. And maybe they're not critical, but they're traumatized because they've been shot at and the fear of going back on those streets. And, you know, the pain of thinking of our children, our youth, that are afraid to go to school, afraid to get on a bus. You know, they're afraid to go out and get a job because they have to take a bus. And will they be safe to even get there? Will they be safe when they get in the workplace? And, you know, it's not so much, well, it is a lot our own youth, but, you know, the whole world in a way is just being traumatized by these mass shootings. Yeah. And so how important it is for us to work against this gun violence. How do you think the, the prayer vigil helps? Well, I think, first of all, I always believe prayer helps. And I think also any families, even if they're not present there, they know we're praying. And I think it's also a healing for them to think that people in Chicago, whether it's sisters or laypersons or whomever is there at that site, that they care about them that they care that there's been harm done to them. And I think that helps. I think the other thing is that it's a way of networking. You know, we religious women, you know, we're very many different communities in the archdiocese. And so I think that we hear each other's stories and we say, how can we work together? And I think we'll do more of that 
trying to connect and network and say, how can we help each other? How can we become even stronger, not only as religious women, but as the laypersons and, and the Archdiocese of Chicago, the more and more persons, laypersons, church members can gather with us, uh, how powerful that could become. And then can be the next step. What's next? And we've been kind of asking that. Is it enough just to stand and pray at a site and, and tell the families that we're concerned that this blood has been shed on our streets? But is there a next step? What's next? So many of these persons are looking for housing. We don't have adequate housing in our community. We don't have adequate health care in our community. We don't even have adequate hospitalization because we had a young man that was sent home with a feeding tube yet. And so much care has to be done for him by his family and the resources are not there for them. And so our hearts cry out, you know, what can we in the archdiocese provide more for housing, for health care, for reaching out to these families that are devastated by the trauma and the gun violence in our city and in our archdiocese. Yeah, I think the, the vigils is an easy way to enter this discussion. I'm sure there's a lot of people who um, don't live in communities that um, see a lot of violence but want to do something and maybe don't know how. And And I think it's, I mean, it's been a big thing for me um, I've been editor for 15 years, and with this work, we get to go all over the archdiocese. So we go to these communities, and we see the disparity of, of the housing situation or um, just the the poverty, you know, and, and the distinctive racism that's in the, it's a very, you know, um, we're a very divided city by race, which was shocking to me. Um, and to, to come to know that. So I think that, that these vigils could be an easy way for people to get, start getting involved. And then, like you said, they're networking with the rest of you who are doing work and then they can kind of step out and do that. How, um, you, you don't have it listed on a website right now, but how can people get involved? Or look, get on your email list? Yeah, well, they can definitely go to our website and you know um, connect through there, I'm sure. Um, um, they can also just give us a call. Uh, you know, we have a lot of, we're renovating a building right now and how wonderful it would be if some churches, Catholic church members would say, you know, we are electricians, we are painters, we are, uh, and come some weekend and just, you know, help us create this space of healing and hope or helping out in our gardens and our peace garden, uh, just connecting in that way. And in that way, like Brian Stevenson says, how important it is to be proximate. And a lot of members in our Catholic churches and, and elsewhere, um, you know, are not really connected. They're not really proximate to people who live in this right. trauma. They read it in the paper, but they're so far removed. But Brian Stevenson says we need to be close in his book, Just Mercy. You know, we need to change narratives and we only change narratives by coming and really walking with and talking with the people who experience this poverty, this racism, um, this lack of resources. Um, and then, you know, we need to do hard stuff. This is hard work, but it's beautiful work. And it's work that the more we work together as an archdiocese, as Catholic churches and beyond, our friends, our families, uh, really coming in and being a power, a positive power to bring hope and healing to the people of these communities who are so marginalized 
and so forgotten, and especially by our archdiocese. It would be sad to think that our archdiocese are forgetting about the people of our South Side. We have to take a quick break. Um, this is Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Deriga, and our guest today is Sister Donna Liette, and we'll be right back. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really, you are changing lives. You are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States, and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Beyond the headlines, my name is Joyce Deriga, and today we're talking to Sister Donna Liette from the Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation about the Chicago homicide vigils. They're um, monthly prayer vigils where a group of women religious and their supporters pray at the site of a recent homicide. And if you want to get information, they have a Facebook page. It's um, I just looked it up. It is 
Chicago homicide vigils, and you can find out the monthly locations of all the, the prayer services. You can join them and um, do your part to pray for peace in Chicago. Real quick, before we talk to Sister Dawn a little bit more, I wanted to um, plug some things in the newspaper. You can check us out online at chicagocatholic.com. You can also follow us on social media. We have a free email newsletter that goes out a couple times a week. And in kind of dovetailing into the, this, we have this story in the, the most recent issue. And we also recently did a, uh, we did a story about the support of the Divine Word missionaries in the Bronzeville community, where actually where this, this recent vigil was located. They've since back in the time, right, not too long after Father Tolton died, Venerable Augustus Tolton, they've um, been ministering to the historically black churches in, in the city of Chicago. So that's a, a really nice and positive story. Also, again, the gun violence thing is just is just everywhere. The um, Immaculate Conception St. James Parish in Highland Park recently held a listening session where people could come and pray with clergy and share about their experiences with the mass shooting on the 4th of July and hopefully find some some spiritual healing. So Sister Donna, we've got about five, six minutes left. Um, if people, I, I would really like people to know more about Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. You've got a ton of programs. You're in back of the yards. You do, um, can you kind of give them an intro? If you can, I mean, it's, you probably can't do that in six minutes, but you know. Oh, well, I'll try my best. Father Kelly would probably do better at this, but I'll try. Anyhow, we are Restorative Justice Hub. And really, that's an, one of the ways that it's also connected with the vigils, because um, we feel that we want to be present to both victim and perpetrator, and that much of our work is trying to bring peace through uh, circle work, restorative justice work, to restore relationships so that persons who have been harmed can um, know that someone is accountable for that harm and can be uh, present in that conversation. Perhaps I know when lives are taken, that's much more difficult. But when some lesser crimes, uh, we try to bring people together to talk about the harm that's been caused. But anyhow, at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation, the uh, restoring, one of the restorative justice hubs in Chicago, um, we first of all worked with youth, uh, young uh, juveniles who were trying to keep them out of being involved in crime or being harmed. And then we tried to provide a safe place. So we had the St. John <clears throat> of God uh, church school, uh, which had uh, closed. And so we had that building owned by the archdiocese and we worked out of there. But when I came, I began to say, where are the mothers? Where are the women? And so now we have uh, three homes for women. One houses women who've been in prison quite a lengthy time. Another one houses two families, and the mothers are in career program. And um, the other one is actually our offices that we do a lot of uh, a grief counseling and presence to women. Uh, we also have a workforce program where we design shirts, um, silk screening. We do woodworking. We do our talking pieces for our circles. We do a lot of art because we believe art is really a therapy. Um, we have an education lab with Sister Janet, a Franciscan sister, um, who is also very active in our homicide vigils, and she does an excellent job with helping men and women uh, get their high school diplomas. Um, so we have mentoring, we have case management, 
We, are, we have a beautiful vegetable garden that Sister Carolyn, a precious blood sister, and Mary Harkenrider uh, from St. Barnabas Church, the two of them, along with other volunteers and workers, uh, develops a beautiful vegetable garden. And just this week, I've been taking vegetables to homes where mothers have experienced the, the loss of their children. And it's just such a joy to take them these fresh vegetables from the love of Carolyn and Mary and her their team. Uh, so that's just one of the many things or many things that we do at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. We now have a food truck. So we go out into the community for, with our Just Peace program um, and deliver sandwiches and try to bring hope and healing to the community. Uh, we also do a lot of circle training so that many others throughout the United States and beyond can learn to use the circle process of way of restoring uh, relationships and bringing people restorative justice. It's a so lot. How about it's, that for five minutes? That was fantastic. You know, and I just, I'm a big fan of, of your work. And I think that, um, you know, like we said this couple of times during this interview, it's not something that we always think about that the ripple effects and then how much, I mean, it, it, it's good people, you know, good people are being affected by all of this, you know, and, and the leg up that they need, like just about getting your GED, you know, is a huge, is a huge deal. And even helping people that are coming out of prison. I mean, um, we've done those stories, right? They're dropped off downtown or with like $35 and that's it and go find a, a halfway house and go try and get a job. But how are you going to get a job and how are you going to feed yourself? And so there's just so many facets to it. So for anybody listening or watching, I encourage you to go to pmbr.org or just Google Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation um, and check out what they're doing and any ways you can help. They're all they're all wonderfully welcoming, like Sister Donna. So they would welcome any help that you can get. And just it's we all need to get involved. You know, we all need to, um, as you know, Sister, we all need, like you said, we all need to join together to support all of our because we're one one big family, right? You know, a, a universal family and all God's children. So. So thank you I'd so like, much. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say this is our 20th anniversary, you know, so uh, PBMR has been around for 20 years, founded mm. by four precious blood priests, Father Kelly and Father Denny, two of them, and Bill, Father Bill Nordenbrock and Joe Nassel. So we thank them and we thank all the Catholic churches and all the persons who are supporting PBMR and helping Amen. us to do this work. Okay. And maybe that can be the hook. I know we're coming back to do a story. I wanted to do a story about those homes because I think they're, but there's so many stories down there. We could just always yeah. do stories on, on PBMR. Yeah. And our returning citizens too. We've hired 10 returning citizens and they are just, right. we call credible messengers. So we are thankful for each person that helps us in this mission. I know last year when um, we came to, there was a Lodato's, it was a labyrinth um mm -hmm. Yeah. Labyrinth walk. Mm -hmm. And then there was art. And I spoke to um, one of the, one of your therapists or counselors or whatever. And he was sharing that. Yeah. When he came out of prison and um, he learned to kind of taught himself art in prison and then came and found PBMR and um, is now working there. And for wonderful Alberto. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So thank you, sister Donna. And thank you. Uh, and you have allowing us to tell our stories absolutely my pleasure not one drop of precious blood be shed in vain amen 
So thank you everyone who tuned in or listened. This is Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce Deriga, editor of Chicago Catholic. Come visit us at chicagocatholic.com. Follow us on social media. Sign up for our free newsletter. You'll also be able to uh, keep in touch with what Pope Francis is up to, what Cardinal Supich is up to. He regular, Cardinal Supich regularly writes, so you can get a um, firsthand glimpse into what he's thinking about. And you can sign up for a subscription, which supports our ministry. It's $30 um, for a year subscription, and we come out about every two weeks. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And um, you have a great week, and have a gentle and joy-filled day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Joyce. Thanks, sister. Mm -hmm.